0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of ammo and danny's Amo irish anfield road now we are approaching the end of the season like normally at this point we're starting to wrap up thinking about sort of the end of season party and all the rest of the things that we do um but we've still got quite a few games left which is kind of weird um obviously big big games coming up uh, with the champions league final with the last game of the season we're going to discuss all of these things on this podcast as well as winning another trophy in the fa cup in the previous weekend well how are you getting on ammo what's been going on and what did what did you make of the game i suppose it's just straight in ask you the question yeah well the
1: fa cup final what what can i say um we were just discussing this off air liverpool football club have won two trophies already and we've got two games with another two trophies up for grabs Trying to put that into context and, uh, context and words and like make it sound real. It's just not because we've never been in this situation before. It just doesn't seem real. The game itself, Danny, I'm grand, by the way. I hope you're all good. Uh, the game itself, it was scrappy. It was close. Chelsea had chances. Liverpool had chances. I thought Diaz was just absolutely amazing in that game. But it kind of went how everyone predicted. The amount of people that would have predicted to go down to pens was, just wasn't shocking whatsoever. And... Um, I think here's the thing about Chelsea. Chelsea are the European champions that season. Fantastic team. But they're just that little step below Liverpool and City, which I think they would admit, the fans would admit, and everyone can see. But it doesn't mean to say that they're not a fan, fan, fantastic team. Just to be in the Premier League, you have to be a fantastic team. And Chelsea are fantastic. They're probably in the top 10 teams in the world. But because they're not Liverpool or City, you can kind of put them down going, oh, well, because they're not as good as Liverpool and City they're not that good but they really are that good they're just not as good as Liverpool and City so they brought us right to the wire as people expected they would and um, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible watch. I mean wh- what did you think? Do you think it was a horrible watch as well?
0: It was It was a tough one and I think i had said on last week's pod didn't I, that neither my head was telling me that it was going to go to pens again now I suppose that's the question that, that, that everyone is asking is why is it that if Chelsea, Chelsea like haven't had a very good run of games, um, haven't been performing well in the build up to this, but we just can't seem to break them down at the back. Like, what is it? Like, we've got arguably the best attacking team in the world right now. What is it about Chelsea? I know Rudiger is obviously he's a he's a real top quality defender, but outside of that, we don't really have all that much. Why is it that we can't break down their back line? Well, I think he's
1: is a monster. He really, really is. He's a monster, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. You know, he's fast. He's paid. He, he's like he's like a <laughs> Van Dyke, isn't he? But, 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 but like Van Dyke is still better than most, you know. If pardon my pun, but you know what I'm trying to say. And then you got Thiago, we're all experienced. I think it certainly doesn't happen. You got Mo Salah come off after half an hour. Yeah, you know, Salah was rested in the game before he he he, he started against Chelsea. You know, his old club. He's he's famously scored some, you know. Great goals against him, hasn't he? He's always got that like fine in the team. If against him, and coming off doesn't help. You know, you, you, your biggest goal threat. I think Diaz had a few chances where, like you know, another day he scores a hat trick. It's, it's one of them. You know, Manny. You know, he was huffing and puffing, but he couldn't get quite there. Jota come on, uh, Jota had a great chance, didn't he? He should have really scored it. I think it was just a little bit of bad luck. You know, their keeper playing well and just a typical saying. On another day, we could have scored three or four, but Chelsea. Had the chances too, that's the thing. And uh, regardless, obviously they're well drilled and they're well organized, but it's just a case if they knew their season was in that game. And it was that simple. You know, hmm. Liverpool seasons win Liverpool season win in that game. And I think they just tried and done everything. Did at the end, players were throwing themselves down. And um, we know their keeper, you know, is, is a fantastic keeper as well. And you know, <sighs> It's hard to sit there and analyze why we didn't score because we should have. We had the chances, we had the majority to play. Chelsea had their spells, but we had the we played better. I think in, in a nutshell, I just think we we're unlucky not to score. And I think um, it's just like a typical cup final that's edgy and nervy. You, you get these cup finals, you know, no matter who, who the teams are, they always seem to be edgy, cagey at first. And it always seems to be a goal the right way that's going to you know, see it through or go down to Benz. And that's just what happened. And as I said in the very beginning of the podcast, we put Chelsea down because they're not as good as Liverpool City. But they're still probably in the top, i say 10 teams, they're probably in the top seven or eight teams in the world. And, uh, you know, it's still going to be a difficult game. You know, just because you're better technically doesn't mean that you're going to win on the day. You know, that, that's football and if it was that simple, we wouldn't be in this podcast now. So it's hard to answer your question, Nanny. But I just think they played well. They played out the skins. Ruduk is a monster, and the likes of Salah coming off injured just doesn't help anyone, you know.
0: Yeah, there was all those remnants of sort of last time we played Madrid in the Champions League final, wasn't it? And Salah coming off. There's all those worries. He seems like he's really so that of, he seems like his head is focused on this Real Madrid game that we're going to talk about in the second half of the pod and wanting to get that sort of revenge from last time. Um, but I suppose the weird thing is, and I suppose it's good to get your thoughts on it as well, is that we spoke we've spoke so many times about the cup competitions, the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, and all the rest of it, and about how we love it because it brings about it gives a chance for sort of saying in the in the best way I can, nobody's to become heroes. And we talk about the lower league clubs and the chances that they get. But we've had two cup finals at the minute, and I understand what a massive club, but the Carabao Cup. Brought about an unlikely hero in Kevin Kelleher and the way that he played. And then the FA Cup, Tamiscus steps up, final penalty and nails it for what seems like the greatest moment of that man's life. It brought about a lot of unlikely characters, the cup competitions this year for Liverpool, hasn't it? And it's give a chance, I suppose with the amount of games that were played, it's give a chance for the whole squad to shine. And I think we expect Salad and Mane and all the rest of it. But the likes of Simikas and Kelleher and uh, even Canate coming in and stuff like that it's given them a real chance to be able to shine in that team
1: this season on it? Well yeah absolutely and let's not forget Miramino our top mm. goal scorer in both competitions I don't think he got an FA Cup medal I think he might have just got a Carabao Cup one um, but I don't think he got an FA Cup medal you've seen Klopp pleading with the FA there please give more medals and it's so 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 true and let's not forget it as well we haven't even mentioned it but that's a complete stake for Jürgen Klopp now Jürgen Klopp apart from the Europa League which doesn't count you know teams like United and, and Leicester City care about the Europa League. You know, he's won everything. That FA Cup says that Jurgen Klopp will go down in the history book because he's won every single trophy available.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so say to it, let's get out there. And yeah, it is. I mean, trust you to bring up the left-back union there. Where, uh, <laughs> but do you know what? It, it is how it is. Second, ta- second part of Exit Time is about to start. You know, you can see Robbo is struggling. I think about Andy Robinson, I don't think anyone could dispute his Liverpool's first-choice left-back. I don't think anyone can dispute his quality. And he's got, he's got years and life in him, yeah, as a Liverpool player. And he's fantastic. Scotland's captain, assist king. He, no one, and I mean, no one can have a go at Andy Andrew Robinson. But when he's pulling up and you're thinking, oh, what what are you meant to do? And years gone by, you're thinking, would I rather have an Andy Robinson that's maybe, is 50% or Moreno? And you're thinking, mm, I don't know. But now you're thinking, do you know what? I'll throw to Miscasson and he'll give us a good 15 minutes and then he'll be confident enough to get the penalty because he has been a great deputy this season. And yeah, I mean, unlikely unlikely hero, but fair play. I mean, whenever Manny missed have the size of 10 pen, you're thinking, oh, no. I personally was in the local board. I see rallies, you know, a lot of listeners um, of the podcast drink there and we've done, I've been live at the cup finals there and the end of the end of this. Uh, season of the year when we won the league and stuff and I was there with me meeting my oldest boy Logan and I'm sure a lot of people seen a clip that kind of went far which was just a bit mental Um, but we were there and we were were hugging and grasping our hands and I just couldn't quite believe what we were having to go through this so Manny Manny missed a pen I thought here we go you know it's written in the stars we won one and Chelsea going to win another but uh, you know Allison stepped up, saved against Mount, who's had he's had an awful record six six pieces and six Wembley painters. That's unbelievable. And then Timiskat had the chance, and you know, I just knew he was going to score. There's something about left footers and penalties that just gives me confidence. And, and you know, Danny, you're a left footer, um, I, 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 and people who are left footers. I, I hope you know where I'm going with this. There's just something about a set piece, whether it be a penalty or free kick, corner, whatever, and a left footer that you just have a little bit of confidence in. And I had no doubt in my mind that Miskash was going to slot it, and he slotted it. And let's be honest, left footers only go one way, and that's the way that he went. Yep,
0: <laughs> to be fair, yeah, uh, I've never thought about it, but yeah, to be fair, I've never missed a penalty. Um, and uh, and yeah, I would have went the exact same way that he did. <laughs> He's never taken a penalty. Let's put that. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was just it was great to be able to see. And as you said, like. Uh, like, obviously, i seen the video that you put up with your son and stuff, and kids just don't know the born nowadays, like, watching Liverpool play. They didn't know. They're not thinking, I suppose, which is testament to Liverpool, is that when we see, as you said, Mane's penalty get saved, we think, oh, that's it, tables are turned, the pool's going to get done, because that's what we've been used to for so many years. But actually, it's a testament to Liverpool and a testament to this season. That we just don't stop. Like until that final whistle is blown, Liverpool don't stop Grafton. And Alisson saving that penalty and bringing us back into it was just absolute testament to that, which was which was amazing. So it was great to see. Like, yeah, it was just typical Alisson, isn't it? I think about Alisson, he didn't have a lot to do. He
1: doesn't have a lot to do, but he seems to have a moment every game. And Carragher said it a lot in comments, and he's so spot on. He seems to do like one world class thing every single game. That's what he's there for. You know, we're not going to get hundred shots against us because we have a lot of the ball, and you know, it's one of them. He just has to be switched on, and he he was great in the cup final and again. He was great in the penalty out. He's done that fantastic save. and yeah, he, he gave him a chance. And we're FA Cup winners, and it's just, you know, it's how it is. I here's how I believe things would have materialized with, with the trophy parade. I don't personally believe Liverpool would have had a trophy parade if we just won the League Cup, but now I think now, no matter what happens with the league and the Champions League. I think with the two cups that we've got, we've, we've had a successful season now no matter what and we mm. will have a cup raid. and I, I think that the players deserve it because we've got so far in, in all the cup competitions and push city so far, which I know we're going to discuss in the second part of the podcast, but I think that that victory on, on Saturday was a very important victory. It's a difference in getting all the fans together or not and I really genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe that um, no matter what now, it's been a fantastic season yeah. and it can go from fantastic to brilliant and brilliant to perfect. I think that's how you're going to put it. You know, if you have a, if you get a third trophy, whether it be the Premier League or the Champions League, it's a brilliant, fat, amazing season. But you could literally almost have the perfect season, which is just actually, it's unheard of, isn't it? So here we are, two games ago, still a chance of winning quadruple. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know we're at the first part of the podcast, we're talking about the FA Cup, but it went kind of how we expected. But you know, one thing that matters, Danny, it's Jordan Henderson on the you know the Hendo shuffle. He lifted that trophy, and we're FA Cup winners, and nothing else actually
0: matters, does it? Exactly, and do you know what? I thought we were going to get another injury when I watched Diaz smack himself in the head with the top of that FA Cup and he lifted it up. Um, but thankfully, he was all right, and we were able to get into get him on for the Southampton. Well, he wasn't on, he wasn't on, but we were it able to make the bench lot of chances yeah. for the Southampton game, which I'm going to go into in a sec. But do you know what? We've had a lot of messages. I've had a lot of private messages this week because. We have a lot of fans in America and different places like that, and even over here uh, where we live on the island of Ireland. And it's a little bit different to the football thing, but it's a question that everyone's asking, and I think we're probably on a good platform to be able to discuss it a little bit. Um, I've got my views on it, but it'd be good to hear yours as well. There was a lot of people asking me, why do Liverpool fans, why did we boo the national anthem and boo the royal family when they came on? Now, obviously, if you're listening from America, we get a lot of listeners from America and appreciate you listening. There's a lot of national pride in America. There's a wonder of why we do something like that. Uh, obviously, it was very prominent in the FA Cup. Um, what did you make of it?
1: First of all, if you're a Liverpool fan, and I appreciate our listeners all over the world in America, and wherever you are, we, we do have them. If you're a Liverpool fan and you don't know why we beat the Queen, then you know educate yourself. That's all I can say. Um, it stems more than the football club It stems to the city itself It stems to the, the injustice that the city went through you know, Hillsborough was, was a prime example of that um, But m- m- my views are this I'm not shocked I'm not at all If I was there, I probably would have participated in the booing Yeah. Um, but at the same time We have this thing in life, don't we? Where it's hard to keep football, politics, religion or I say politics, religion, I suppose it's a little bit different, but it's hard to keep these things separate. And I, I think in a weird kind of way, you have to, like the whole Celtic and Rangers thing, Rangers are playing in a cup final tonight, and I've got friends to support Rangers, and I'll be supporting Rangers for them. But then where, where I live, they would hate Rangers to do so well, but I don't care because I'm kind of like, I don't have that hate, you know, that yeah. football clubs have. But I think when it comes to the Liverpool and the um, and the Boone, the you know, the National Anthem, and the uh, Prince William. It doesn't shock me. I would have done the same thing. And if I can if I can describe it in a very simple way, it would be it's just more than football to do with the, the injustices that Liverpool as a city have had over the years, continue to have. And um, you can't not put to relay that maybe most of the people at Wembley on, on Saturday are from Liverpool. And that's mm. not to say that people, you know, that aren't from Liverpool can't support Liverpool, but people that are from Liverpool that support Liverpool and put the hard miles in, like the thing with the trains was another example, wasn't it? With the semi-final, you know, people up north always seem to get stung in in yeah. England, and um, it's just it's a continuous it's, it's a continuous thing that's never going to end. But if I put it in a simple way, you know, just do research your history and realize why the city of Liverpool hate the hate the establishment and. Yeah, I suppose it's, it wouldn't take you long to understand anyway. It'd take you about two or three minutes to understand why.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a massive history behind it, and people sort of say, "Oh, well, can't you start to move on and all the rest of it?" I think even in general, and I think to sum it up, because as I said we've had a lot of comments about this, and a lot of people asking, um, I think the reality is is that people think that singing the national anthem makes you proud to be part of your country. I think the reality is, is that if you listen to the National Anthem and listen to what it's all about, it talks about the fact that the Queen is is put in place to defend laws. And the reality is, is that Liverpool fans boo the National Anthem. Yes, because of what happened in the 80s with Hillsbred and the managed decline that Thatcher tried to do on Liverpool and north of the country, but also on the fact that at the minute, we have more people than ever before using food banks. We have more people than ever before in child poverty. The, the cost of living is crazy. We live in a country where the the governments are prepared to completely ignore the fact that obviously the north of Ireland have got no functioning government because of Westminster, and Westminster just ignoring it and they're just letting them just kind of fall to the wayside. They don't give a crap about us, so why should we sing about them? And that's the reality of it, and that's why you have seen what you have seen on Sunday. It's it's, yes, it's a throwback to history and what happened and the fact that we won't forget that. But it's also the fact that the protest and the fact that we have some of the most atrocious living conditions currently uh, with food, banks and price of living and child poverty and all the rest of it. So if they're not going to defend us as people, why should we sing for them as royals? Um, So yeah, I suppose that helps to sum it up a little bit and we'll move on from there to go on to the Southampton game. Because all of these things aside... We've still got a league to win. And yesterday, well, we're recording this now on a Wednesday evening. And yesterday we played Southampton. Finished two one. Massively changed team. Like massively changed team. I wasn't I was expecting maybe two or three changes. I wasn't expecting the changes that we've seen in that game. It was all about getting the points. Now, did you think, Ammo, that we were when you seen that lineup, did you think we were gonna get out and out of that game, being honest?
1: Not really, no. And I I think that was Jurgen Klopp's way of saying two things. First thing is like these fixtures are a joke because he does mention it a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. I think this it was second way of saying, well, do you know what? I've got two games and I've got two choices here. Now we played like what forty eight hours ago. It's uh, the Champions League final or the or potentially win the Premier League, which is a little bit out of our hands. And I think he made his choice. But then once the once the the game kicked off. You know, he didn't, he wasn't thinking like that. And at the end of the day, he used a very good terminology at the end of the game. Didn't he? he said having the likes of, you know, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott as like reserve team players is like having Ferraris in the garage. And it's yeah. so true because the fantastic place, Milner had one of the best first half, which is probably creative Liverpool in the first half. Um, Miramino, that man has had nine starts this season. Nine starts for Liverpool, scored 10 goals. Yeah. Do you know, He's only about 23, 24 pins. I know maybe he's played in the Cup games and it's the best teams, but you still got to put the ball in the back of that. net. Great finish by him. to Miskas, we mentioned. You know, Gomez. He's an interesting one, Gomez, because he's actually put a couple of really decent chips in it right back this season. He really, really has. You know what I mean? Canarte, he seems to be coming from 7th to 7th. Matty, he's not a reserve team player, is he? You know what I mean? And up front, I think the up front with the um, Firmino... Um, thing And Jota Jota looked a bit tired To be fair He did Because he, he's played a lot Firmino yeah. was just outstanding Roberto Firmino's like The forgotten man almost Isn't he You know what I mean And uh, it's, it's 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 weird Because Firmino was still A world-class player World-class player And uh, You could sit there all day Going about the team The fact Of the matter is The team got the job done We're going to put You know City under pressure And we got the win And it wasn't It wasn't pretty We were texting away Weren't, weren't we it wasn't pretty, you know. King never come off the bench. He helps win the corner, <laughs> and, and the rest is history. He tried a stupid couple of flicks, but we've all done that. Anyone that knows me, uh, no, I've done many of them. They haven't come off in the past, but when they come off, you feel good. Who cares if five don't come off as long as one comes off? And I was, I was watching David Krieger being like, "You are my man. What, what a guy!" <laughs> but um, that could be his last appearance for the plummet. And he contributed in a 2-1 victory away from Ottawa. At, at a Southampton team that on the day is, can cause an upset. You know, they drew against City. They beat us in the past. I think back for two or three years in the League Cup semi-final, they did us, didn't they? Shane Long got that goal. And it was it was, it was was one of those games where whenever we got the second goal, the last 20 minutes was one of the most boring watches I've ever seen because they just accepted that they were getting the feet. Liverpool didn't really want to try. And uh, yeah, it was just, I would say it was professional performance. And um, you know, shout out to those second string players that people criticize, but they're still on 70 grand a week and they're still professional footballers and they're still in loads of trophies. That we we've no right criticizing them, the like Samir Miramino and you know, Curtis Jones and Tamiska. But I see people on social media ripping into these boys saying they're not good enough for Liverpool, but not every single player needs to be like a salad. Look, look at the players over the years that have won leagues for Man United and we criticize them, but they wouldn't have won those leagues if those squad players didn't have a part to play. And these squad players at the pull right now, the likes of Milners and stuff, are having a part to play. And fair play to them. They show that they've got the quality and um, it means that hopefully the boys will be fresh
0: um, come Sunday. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think for me, when I seen the lineup come out, I was worried more, not in the players, because as we said, and as I've said so many times, it's kind of becoming a little bit of a running joke now. It doesn't matter who we put out there because the philosophy stays the same. We've still got the same thing. And you've seen that in the team yesterday. It was fresher legs. They were quick passing, nice moving, getting it down the wings, whipping it in, doing exactly what you would expect out of any Liverpool team. Um, It was more just the fact that that team hasn't played together and gelled together. So there was always that worry of, are they going to know what to do? And there was a few stray balls in the first half and stuff like that. And you were sort of thinking, do they have enough? to take it over the line against a team in Southampton that, as you said before, rightly, have taken four points off City this season, beat them Man Drew against them this season. So you're looking at a, a decent level team. But I think this end of the season, there's a lot more to it than just teams on paper. I think that Southampton team on paper probably should have beat us if not got a draw. But the reality is, is that you're at the end of the season, they've got nothing to play for and they look like they were just getting ready to rebuild for September. And I think we caught them at the right time. And as you said, once that second goal went in, we never looked like we were going to do anything else except for win the game. Um, But as you said, and as we said beforehand, and and as we said last week, it was all just about getting the points on that board. We've got them sitting there behind City, and now we've got one game left in the season. One game that could change everything. And we're going to come back in the second half. We're going to discuss all of this. We're going to give us a little bit of a break first. Thank you very much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Irish Anfield Road.
2: Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk.
1: Hello and welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Irish Anfield Road. Road. Well, yeah, as we discussed in the first part of the podcast, we have FA Cup champions. We've got two trophies, and we've got the Champions League final coming up on the 28th of May, which we all know about. And there will be a special podcast next week all about the Champions League final. But in the meantime, we've got the small matter of potentially winning a Premier League in front of the, the fans, which I think Jürgen Klopp wants it. We all want it. It would mean so much more. And here's how it stands. I mean, it's stupid. Everyone knows how it stands. City have got seven, eight more goals than us. One more point than us. We're at home to Wolves and City are at home to Aston Villa that just happens to have manager Stephen Gerrard Happens to have ex Liverpool stars in Philip Coutinho and Danny Ings. And in principle, it's 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 fate, isn't it, Danny? You couldn't have asked for a better script. All I've seen all, all week over social media is it's over to you, Stevie. You know, it's Gerard's gonna do the job. Imagine Gerard won the league, a Coutinho last-minute goal. You know, there's, there's lots of banter. and um, but Danny, here's what I'm tasking you now. What you have to do now is convince me and convince our listeners that Aston Villa are going to do a job on City. Liverpool are going to comfortably beat Wolves and we're going to win our third trophy of the season come six o'clock on Sunday. So, um, first of all, Danny, I know I'm giving you a hard task, first of all, have we got a chance or are we just being optimistic?
0: I think while the points are there on the board to have, I think we've always got a chance. Uh, I think we've got to hope. I think it's, it's almost a story that that, that, that needs to be written. We've come from 12 points behind at Christmas to get ourselves into this position. We had that little bit of a, a slip-up a couple of weeks ago in which we thought, right, that's it, it's done. And part of me thinks that's almost why Klopp picked the team that he did against Southampton, that he was sort of prioritising Champions League football over the Prem. But thankfully, we've got a team that that doesn't know when to give up. And we've kept pushing and kept going. Um, we, we were thankful for West Ham doing that job with City last week uh, and giving us that chance to be able to at least have this game. I think there's a lot of factors in it. I think will G- Will Gerrard want to do it for Liverpool? I think part of him will. Will he want to do it for Villa to be able to prove that he can play at those highest levels, get himself the points that get him up the league, get him extra money for next season and all the rest of it? Yeah, I think he will. Um, Is it a big task? Yes. I think there's no doubt about that. It's not only that we have to win and City have to lose, but we also have to win by, depending on the result of the other game, we potentially have to win by like five goals. So, it's it's a big challenge.
1: I think we have to, I think if, if City draw or lose, we win, as long as we win. I think it's that simple. So, if Liverpool win and City don't win, then we win the league. So, if City win, it's over. But if City don't win and we win, then that's it. I think the only way that it, goals can come down to it is if we draw and City lose.
0: Ah, yes. Yes, you are right. You're right. You know what? I was looking at yesterday's table. That's what my problem was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, we need City to
1: lose or draw and us win, which you'd I not mean, us win. at home against Wolves, though, wouldn't you? But yeah. it's one of them where I think as the time goes by, You're going to want City not to score. You want City not to get an early goal. Ideally, you want Villa to get our goal. You know, the longer it stays a draw with City, even if they do score, you can can fancy Villa to get one back. The longer and longer it goes on, you just want it to be tight. Because City have plenty of games a season where 60, 70 minutes, it's 0-0, 1-1 or wherever. And they do always seem to get the job done. But the longer it goes on, the pressure will build. That's kind of what you're
0: hoping for, aren't you? Yeah, I think that's it. Is it's it's going to be a tough one because, as you said, and as we've said in the weeks past, can we can we see? We've said about Liverpool and Liverpool being such a big club. We've said a few weeks ago. Could we imagine Liverpool just finishing the season with a Carabao Cup? And you go, you can't. With such a good team, if if somehow we manage to do this on Sunday, that means Man City finished the the season with nothing. Like, can you see that happening from a City perspective? But I think if I'm if I'm being an absolute neutral, I couldn't imagine City finishing the season with nothing at all. But the hope is still there. It's been done before. And as you said, it couldn't have been more better planned out in Liverpool's favour, as I said, apart from us winning that game a couple of weeks ago. It couldn't have went any better, as you said, playing against Gerrard with Coutinho there on the pitch. We're playing against Wolves of Cody prepared to give us a little goal on the sly if we need to and stuff like that. Like, is, is it written? I really hope so. Like, to be able to do something like this, it would just be unreal. Um, but as I said, the hope is there. I, I don't see why. I, I think Liverpool will get the result. I think we will do well. I think we will get the win. And it all comes down to what Villa turns up on the day. As as you've said before, there's the potential that they get. The Gerrard's almost in a win-win situation. If he, if he beats City, and happy days, he, he wins Liverpool, the league, and potentially gets himself up the league a little bit and gets a f- bit of extra money. If they lose, Grealish wins the league. Villa get a massive input of money. Like, it's a win-win for Gerard, but I think if you'd asked him in his heart of hearts, he'd want to beat City at the weekend.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's going to be one of those situations where everyone's going to have two games going at once and you just want the momentum to build with Villa and you want the pressure to go on City. You know Liverpool should do the job at home against Wolves, and you're sitting there and you just I just hope come nil, come half time it's nil nil. I don't even want, want City, the Villa to be one nil up because City will just come out. You just want the kind of pressure to build and press to build. What we don't want and what's very likely is City just come out steamroll and go two three up. That's yep. what we don't want because it'll just kill the kill the occasion won't it? And um, but as you as as you said, I've said it couldn't be any more perfectly scripted because you know Steven Gerrard. You know, how great would it be if Gerard does that? You know, what we'd be doing, we've stuck the United fans in the coffins. All right. (laughs) What Gerard doing by getting a draw against City would be nailing the United fans in the coffins. That's literally what he'd be doing. And um, it gives me excitement to think about it because, as I say, this subscript that you want to call is is, is a real potential. And um, there's lots of teams in the league that I wouldn't fancy. To get a result against City at home, but Aston Villa, just that type of team, Gerard or not, they've got a result in them, haven't they? They really, really have. And with the magician of the team and Danny Ings and like Ollie Watkins and all, I don't fancy City to steamroll them five or six. It'll be a tight enough game, but it's just, it's literally going to be a minute by minute thing. And I just, I can see it now. It's written in the stars City hold Villa to a scrappy draw and Liverpool are drawn, but like the Liverpool game goes a few minutes over for whatever reason, Jürgen Klopp has through all his dices and he's got one last sub and he's like, he's like go on, come on, come on, Divik. come on and be Divik. <laughs> I knew this and was It going. <laughs> it, 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 come, it, it comes off his knee or his toe or something and it rolls in the net as slow as you've ever seen it. And uh, I can just, I'm sitting here and we're both sitting here laughing about it, right, aren't we? But also knowing the stranger things have happened. And if it, if it was like, any other scenario you will be sitting there going to an absolute joke but we're sitting there knowing it is a joke but also knowing that it's actually not that strange for me to make that joke do you know I'm what I mean
0: here, I'm sitting here knowing the chances are for the for the past few weeks you have been having dreams of the Aguero moments, but just with in it instead of Aguero and that being like the moments of City drawing the game the pull of draw and they think the cup's in their hands in the next minute you hear rigi over the tannoy as he blasts one in and goes running off with a shirt wrapped around. You can just see it, can't you? I swear, you've never seen scenes like this before.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, it's so hard. Is it? We have to keep the optimism, don't we? We have to.
0: And you know what, the way we've played this season, I don't see why we shouldn't have the optimism. We've played so well. As I said we were we were written off for the league at Christmas. Everyone was just like our cities to lose. So to bring it all the way down to the last game of the season, play in the way that we have, there's there's nothing to say that this won't happen. Villa, a play apart from the one game. They got beat 4-0 by Spurs. Generally, all of their games have been tight. 0-0 with Leicester. They beat Burnley. They only just narrowly lost out to Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, 2-1. They're not a team that can just be absolutely rolled over. And as I said, I think at the end of the season, normally you look and you go, yeah, on paper, they're not going to get rolled over. But at the end of the season, are they going to be turning up in the flip-flops ready for the beach? But I don't think so. I think Gerard will have them drilled here to try and do the best that they can to try and get something out of this game because he wants it personally. And also he wants to be able to finish the season strong so that he can prove to his board that he needs the That They've got so much potential this season, this summer, to be able to make some transfers, to be able to make some signings that could really put them onto the next level. And I think for Gerard to show that he can compete right the way up to the last day of the season with the big boys – I think that's what's going to help him in the long run. Um, so, so I think we're going to see a tight game there. And as I said, right now it's it's cities to lose, but I feel like there's there's a, there's a chance.
1: Yeah, it's one of them where you, we can sit there analysing this all night. But at the end of the day, we know what needs to be done. It's not that unlikely. Um, but you just never know, and it's just one of those situations where we're all going to be sitting there biting on nails come Sunday. You know, the last day of the season in the Premier League is always quite special. And the fact that it looks like that the leagues be up for grab well, the league is up for grabs the, the the top four and the relegation battle, it just makes it that much more interesting. And I think football fans all across the um across the world will be loving the Premier League come this Sunday. Um, but what a world, what want to finish on, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, and if you don't mind. So I'm gonna ask you to give me your, your kind of yeah, go with your head here, not your heart. All right. So come the 29th of May Liverpool being on that victory parade do you see us being on the victory parade with two trophies three trophies or four trophies and you know whenever you give your answer give me a bit of
0: kind of a backbone to why you think this I think if I'm being as you said going with my head and not my heart I think realistically we finished the season with three trophies I think we beat Real Madrid in the Champions League final I think there's so much on that I think there's there's such a fight within the team that they want to win that trophy and sort of have that sort of payback for the last uh, Champions League final we played against Madrid um so i think that i think that we win that along with the two cups that we've got but as i said before and i've said for a while can i see a team as good as city finishing the league with zero trophies this season. I can't. And I think City have had longer to prepare for this match. They've been able to get themselves in the right headspace. They've been able to get the rest and recuperation that they need. Um, I can see Liverpool winning their game, but I, I, to be honest, I can see City probably probably ending up winning 3-1 against Villa and, and securing the Premier League this season. I think, I don't want that to be the case, but my heart is telling me that that's what we're going to see on Sunday. Well,
1: I'm going to do a typical ammo here, and I'm going to say... 7-0, eager to get four goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that Liverpool are going to win all four. I've got a feeling that Villa are just going to do a job. I think it's written in the stars. And I think if we do get the third trophy in the Premier League, when it comes around, with it, you just you literally got one game away from like, making history. Mm. And I say there's a bit of vengeance there. So, you know, I have to put it out there. And I think both of us as kind of, you know, podcasters and football critics or whatever you call us now, both of us have to turn around. Even if we finish with two trophies or three or whatever, it's still been an amazing season. But if Liverpool get four this season, it will just be absolutely sensational. So yeah. I'm going to keep the faith. And I've just got a feeling that Gerard's going to do it. I've just got a feeling that... Um, I hope you're right,
0: like to be yeah. honest. But do, do you see we've been so Liverpool have been part of some massive games obviously over the years, the the Barcelona game, the the Dortmund game and different ones like that, obviously the AC Milan, two thousand five. Like, if we were to do it on Sunday, will that be the the greatest comeback or greatest moment of so the champions, not Champions League, but will it be the greatest moment in Liverpool in your living memory? Obviously, you've had some big moments in the eighties and stuff, but can you see that on Sunday being the greatest comeback the Liverpool have ever done?
1: Absolutely, because it was fourteen points behind, wasn't it? So you have to say, but I just think with the Gerrard kind of plot twist, I just it's just possible. Let's just say it's possible, and let's just say it's going to happen. And come Sunday, let's just see what happens. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Um, yeah, it would be. If we won four trophies now, everyone to stop watching football, stop being Liverpool fans, because it, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. And to to sit there and witness it after what we went through. Because let's not forget, we won the Premier League after 30, isn't it? You still hear it. And we never even got to celebrate in front of our own fans. You know, so it, there's just something there and the whole thing with Hillsborough and the club as itself. There's just something brewing. Where like this football club is more than a football club. These fans are more than just typical football fans, and special things happen to special, special football clubs. Yeah, and I, I just think we're the best, and I think yeah. it could it, it
0: could just happen. Yeah, uh, and I think people will be listening to this who maybe aren't Liverpool fans, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, you are just deluded Liverpool fans to think that it's absolutely magical." But if you think that, don't ask Jurgen Klopp's wife. Because she knows, she knows the score. She's not from Liverpool. She's stuck around for a bit. They're we meant to be leaving. She's sticking around and making Jürgen stick around because she knows how good this club is.
1: <laughs> yeah. What, what's the name? Is it Newler or Ula? Ula? All <laughs> hail Ula Klopp. That's all I can say. But there you go. But yeah, no, listen, listen. We've got a massive, massive weekend coming up in football. Next week, we've got a Champions League final to look forward to. Imagine, this, I'm just saying that in, in a casual conversation. And we've got so much more to look forward to this season as Liverpool fans. With two games to go, and then as ourselves, the podcasters, we've got the the, the legends' game up in Nuri, and we've got the two boys coming over um, to Ireland. So yeah, it, it, it is, uh, for us too, and for Liverpool fans locally in the island of Ireland, we've got a hell of a lot to look forward to. But it's been a great show. Um, let's see what to happen. I'm saying it's written in the stars. Danny's saying it's not quite going to happen, but we'll see. But in the meantime. Thank you. Listen to Amo and Danny's Irish, Irish Anfield Road.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Sports Social Podcast
2: Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty